Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Harry, joined every week by Ben Choppy Bachman, but this week we get the one and only Roddy Nabols, the UGA Sports Publisher, to uh, join the call-in show. So it's going to be crazy. Uh, we, we don't have much to talk about tonight except for Roddy's beautiful uh, – what are you drinking over there, Roddy? Something something strange behind you. Oh, uh, limoncello. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Whatever. Drink it. You're not supposed to drink the way I've been drinking it. Uh, you just straight. <laughs> straight on the bottle. Hey, my wife's not here, man. My kid's not here. My hey. son is in Orange Beach. He told me he's entered a um, um, bodybuilding contest. Yeah, I saw the video. For the physique. Yeah, he's all ripped. And my wife's in Israel for a month uh, digging in the dirt, uh, doing archaeological dig. So I'm left by myself. So it's been a week of probably just, you know, bad food and getting drunk. So kind of how like Ben lives his whole life by himself. <laughs> that is true. Uh, <laughs> bad food and getting drunk. So, well, welcome to the team, Roddy. We're, we're glad to have you and guys. We're glad to have you guys watching as well from home, wherever you're watching us from. Hope you guys are having a great July 4th weekend. We should all watch. Yeah, I'm getting there. Damn it. Dude, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead and share it with uh, all your friends, guys. Like the video. And as always, we want to know where you're watching us from, guys. So if you put it in the comments section, we'll shout it out, put it on the show. We get some cool ones. We get uh, Japan. We always get a guy from Tokyo, Japan in the comments uh, after the show. So I guess he's watching it maybe when he wakes up. But uh, let us know where you're watching us from, guys. And then if you have any questions about Georgia Bulldogs, we're going to touch on the decommits, touch on uh, the commit, and then also touch on what it means for college football with UCLA and USC deciding to jump ship over to the Big Ten. I've got a, a strong piece, uh, strong strong piece of mind on that, if you will, opinion. Uh, so uh, it scares me. Yeah, it <laughs> should. It should. Uh, getting right into it, though, guys, uh, while I share this, I'm going to throw it to Ben. Georgia got another big-time cornerback commit, this time Daniel Harris. Who is he? What, what do we need to know about him? Well, he's out of Gulliver Prep High School, so he's one of those South Florida defensive backs. And he's also a teammate of a top 50 wide receiver, Jalen Brown, who George is recruiting. He's going to official visit in the fall. Daniel Harris is over 6'2". He's really long, physical, and fast cornerback. And when you look at it, Fran Brown, I think everyone was looking at last year saying, wow, they signed maybe the best DB class ever, especially in program history. And I just remember saying, well, how are they going to top it this year? I thought A.J. Harris was a possibility, but I said, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to sign, you know, they're going to sign a lot of developmental guys. No, they're, they're hitting home runs with DB again. And really, to me, I look at it and say, when you have the year they had on the field on defense, it sells itself. And when you have three coaches, your DB coach, one of your defensive coordinators who has SEC head coach experience, and Kirby himself, all being DB guys at heart, it makes it hard to not want to go to Georgia and be a defensive back. It really doesn't. You look at what Must, Kirby uh, or uh, Will Muschamp has done at South Carolina – Look at what Kirby's done when he came in to Georgia with guys like DeAndre Baker was a low three star, ran poorly at the combine and wasn't you know that big of a guy. And he won the Thorpe Award and was a first round pick. You just look at the resume that they have with every DB that they've really maximized their talent. So I think that this just continues. It says regardless of depth chart, they're going to get the best DBs in the country. What does it say, though, about every other position? Yeah, the defensive backs look good, but you've got one wide receiver committed right now. I mean, the offense, we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum, right, throughout the, the offseason. The offensive side of the ball last year lacked a little bit. You can go on to this year. Defense is rolling again, man. But that wide receiver, I just don't see the playmakers. I don't know. What's going on with that? 
Well, I think that a lot of their targets aren't deciding soon at wide receiver. Like a lot of the guys they've been recruiting at receiver haven't committed yet. Hakeem Williams has and Jalen Hale. Um, I'm trying to think. Tyler Williams said he's committing in September and Georgia leads for him. So it's one of those deals where a lot of guys deciding late, but I understand why for a lot of Georgia fans, it's like, well, it's a little bit scary knowing that you don't have as many commits to fall back on and things of that nature when a lot of these guys are deciding late in the process. And if you miss, you don't have the time to go to – your plan B's and plan C's. So I think they're recruiting a lot of guys at receiver just in case. But I think a lot of their guy, their top targets are deciding later in the process. I think the big whiff is quarterback right now because I think they went all in on Arch. And if they don't we're, have we're going a quarterback. Back to that already? Okay. All right. Oh, uh, I, know, I know you claimed your victory so uh, because you, you were justifying them not taking them. But – who knows? Maybe in the long run, if he doesn't turn out well, Paul, maybe you're 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 a genius, and maybe I have to give you that. But or maybe he does we'll end see. up at UGA. It's just two, three years down the road. You never know. Uh, Clifton Riles, listening from Norwich, Connecticut. Happy Fourth, everyone. We appreciate that. Will Where? Dickerson, Norwich, Connecticut. Did I say it right? <laughs> right? Well, you, sure you did. Sure. <laughs> Clifton, tell me if I said that right. I think I did. Uh, Will Dickerson says, "Time to be a dog." Trenton, Georgia. He's always uh, pulling up. And uh, I knew this was going to come up, guys, so we'll, we'll just don't jump right into it. Sadir Mitchell choosing to go with Texas. Texas has been on a roll since Arch. I, I have a buddy who is a big Texas fan. I haven't heard from him in, I don't know, two or three years. And slides into my he's Facebook. Shit now, ain't he? Yeah, <laughs> slides into my uh, Facebook DMs. And he's like, hey, man, how about that Texas recruiting class? And I was like, yeah, it's the Arch effect. I mean, it, it, this is what happens when you bring in a Manning or, or you know, it's a top prospect of the last two or three years in terms of overall hype. And this is what you get. Sadir Mitchell is now joining them at Texas. But it's he's not going there because Arch Manning's going there. He's going there. And Arch Manning did not go to Texas based on NIL. And I was told this from people who were right in the thick of it. They said, look, uh, you know, when I asked how his recruiting visit went to your Georgia, I'm like, well, did they have a good NIL thing? And he's like, no, no, no. We, we don't talk NIL with Arch. He doesn't want to hear it. Do you want to get the kid to tune out? Start talking about NIL. He'll, you know, whip out his phone, do something different. But Texas saw what Texas A&M did. And Texas is, they're like, hey, we can do that. We've got the capabilities. We've got the oil money. We've got the sponsors. Remember, the University of Texas is a giant university. Yeah. With tons, tons of uh, uh, very impressive uh, alumni who have a lot of money. And so, you know, George is working on their classic city collective, basically, hey, let's pull all our money together. And then as these uh, kids sign with Georgia, because you can't offer it to them beforehand, but when they sign with Georgia, then we can set up these NIL deals where they promote X and, you know, they are the face of Y, that sort of thing. Texas and m nailed it last year with that same, with that uh, process. Texas is doing the same thing. That's not to say Georgia isn't. Georgia's doing that, but it also comes down to um, when a kid's like, hey, uh, I've got to choose between these two, and boy, I really like the presentation those guys had. It is affecting where these kids uh, wind up, you know. And, you, you know, as the coaches, you can't promise them this stuff. You know, you can't sit there and go, hey, if you come to our university, we're going to do this. Well, unless you're – unless, unless you're Texas A&M and they have a 10-second video of a coach saying all the guys in the suites – uh, they'll pay you lots of money to come here, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what. I wonder what. Oh, wonder what you, what, and you can say that because you have an NIL presentation that you know we're sure wonder, is going to happen. You just can't 
can't go quite that far. <laughs> I wonder what grade Jimbo lined up. buried him in. Yeah. Here's our Classic City Collective guys. <laughs> They'll do a presentation letting know what they've got lined up when you come here. You know, so it's uh, it can't be used as an, as an enticement to sign, but it absolutely is doing it. And until they change it, Texas is doing exactly what Texas name is doing. My point being, that's not all on Arch. So it, it yeah, doesn't help. I mean, it kickstarts it, but what they're they, they've been yeah. signing a lot of these guys without Arch. Yeah, yeah. And I think receivers and to an extent, O linemen are where you're going to track with Arch. Yeah. The defensive side of the ball don't play necessarily with him on the field. So I, that's why when Arch, I you believe he was it. interviewed by us at Rivals, every guy he said he was recruiting was an offensive player. He yeah. said, I'm talking to Caden Proctor who just committed to Iowa. I'm talking to John Tay Cook, who did commit to Texas. Their receivers and offensive linemen, like the top five guys he said he talks to are all offensive guys. And a lot of the – they picked up a lot of defensive commitments like Sadir Mitchell. So that was not an – like Roddy said, that was not an arch thing. Some of these receivers are, though, um, yep. arch has helped with. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. You, you mentioned re- receivers earlier. Isn't the – what's the kid out of California, Hale? Oh, yeah, he's he's out of Texas. Yeah, Jalen Hale. Jalen Uh he visited with Arch, and everybody was talking mm-hmm. about those two guys as a package deal. And we interviewed him the other day, and what did he say? He had Georgia still at number one, USC at number two. I guess why I was thinking California because he has USC at number two. But, again, that's a guy who's going to decide later in it. You know, if you get a, a guy like that, that's another big get on the wide receiver side of the ball. Or yeah, not on the right. offensive side of the ball. Will says, uh, I'm just here because Ryan's getting bombed with the boys. There we go. <laughs> get yeah, yeah, Roddy's right. This Roddy doesn't know what day it is, Will. Um, hey, it's Sunday, Paul. It's know so, about the Motel Six. Oh, uh, Roddy doesn't know about that story. We'll have to film in later on the show when we start <laughs> stop talking about real stuff. Our man Martin's here. What's up, Martin? Now, he's currently watching the national championship replay on ESPNU. Martin's a big, a uh, big. Fa- I don't, I don't like calling them fans of the show, maybe like family of the show. Martin's a big family of the show. Uh, so. Uh, we, you Supporter, don't know him. Sponsor. Yeah, yeah. You don't know him, uh, Roddy, but but Martin's big, so we like him. Mike Fria says, Aloha, go dogs. I'm guessing you're over there on the island. Uh, got any room room for us over there? What, what, what a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my Peloton thing the other night. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll one. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I didn't read this all the way, so hopefully there's nothing bad in it. Uh, how come schools aren't getting called out for chasing money just like players are being called out for going to school with biggest NIL deal opportunities? I'm going to read that again. Um, how come schools aren't getting called out for chasing money just oh, like yeah. players- USC, UCLA? They're chasing money. Oh, okay. Oklahoma did it. Oh, yeah. So, so, he, so the, the man right here, uh, as his name refers to, is going on to, I guess, our second segment real quick. The schools aren't getting called out. You see, so I, they are I getting called out. Yeah, they, they are for ruining the, the, I don't know, the tradition aspect of the sport and what makes it what different. Here's here's my thing. As I was going to sleep the other night, I it kept running in my brain. Yes, football is is going to make money for these schools, but you also have to think about if these schools were really in it uh, for the student athletes. You're going to make these kids travel across the country to play a soccer game, to play a, a three-day baseball uh, weekend series. You're going to make your lacrosse team travel. And not all these teams, uh, not every one of these teams gets to fly on a plane everywhere. A lot of these teams bus uh, to go from school to school because they're so close. 
Now you can't bus kids over from USC and then take them to Rutgers to go play one lacrosse game. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing to student athlete? He's not, he or she is not going to be able to get any schoolwork done. They're constantly going to be traveling three hours here. And then you've got three hours back and time change and this and that. And it just kind of got to me the other night. I was like, man, this is really messed up. In, in baseball, and he's right. You're, the, the, your your points are dead on, Paul. The uh, the it is a money grab, and uh, the man right here nails it. Everyone cheers for the you know Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Like, yeah, this is gonna be great. But they were called up because basically, I mean, they were the heart and soul of that conference, and they're abandoning it for a gigantic payday. And we're talking millions. What was the last payout from the SEC? It was forty eight million dollars per school, or forty five million yeah. per school. Uh, with with a new deal, it could be you know upwards of sixty million per school, meaning Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, all those Oklahoma and Texas will all get sixty million dollars. USC, UCLA, putting in that uh, jumping into the conference, huge payout for them as well. And but here's the thing: he's right that people bang on the kids for chasing an NIL deal because it's easier to call out one person than it is to call out the whole school. You know, it's like, well, the school has to do what's in the best interest of the student athlete. And Paul, you nail it because, well, it's really not in the best interest of the student athlete. Okay, baseball series, you travel on Thursday, you travel, you know, you get there, you play your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you fly back. They even have rules about when you, when the last game has to be done on Sunday. You know, yep. that, that hard deadline about, okay, we can't play past this time because these kids got to get back home. Now, but think about basketball when you play that Wednesday, Saturday thing. And you've got a uh, at least once a week. You're oh, guaranteed to have to go across the country. You know what if what if you have what if you have a game Wednesday yeah. against Northwestern and then Saturday versus Rutgers? Are are you keeping the team? Are you staying? I'm sure they'll do like home and away, home and away. But still, at least once a week, they're going to have at least one week where they're away and away. At least, I mean, yeah. the schedule. And so, or maybe maybe they do that. They're like, hey, you're going to be doing Zoom cl- classes, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's not not the student athlete. I think for the SEC, it's not as bad because the geography makes more sense. Of course. For the Pac-12 Big Ten, it looks worse because, I mean, I live in Maryland right now, and USC, they're in the same conference. I know people who are um, at Maryland in their athletic department playing right now, and they're like, we have to travel all the way out there? Like, they are a bit upset about that. the travel. They're excited to play them. They're excited to be in California. They think it's harder on them with school because it's already hard as is with the student athlete schedule. So I think that does, I think it is bad for the student athlete, but the schools are doing what's in the best interest of the schools. They're trying to make money. And I don't blame the schools for doing it. Do I think it's morally right? No, but you can't blame the school for making, I think USC is going to make like 30 million off their current TV deal. They're going to make close to a hundred million off the TV deal when they go in the big 10. When you look at that number, you say you don't blame them. But in retrospect, if you think about the athletes saying, wow, you know, I feel for them. But at the same time, the schools are doing what's in the best interest of the schools. How much money is it going to cost you though to bus every single one of your teams over to the East Coast for 20 different games? I mean, of course, it's not going to be $100 million. Well, $100 million, dollars, man. You buy them a really nice, what, a G7? And, uh, yeah, I guess you just yeah. Yeah, you just buy a, you buy your own plane and just start yeah. taking them over that way. I don't know. It, it just seems it seems weird to me. I saw an article today on Yahoo uh, saying the Big 12 might be the next 
that it might just evolve to three conferences. Basically, the Big 12 will be the next one because they're bringing in Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, I want to say. I saw something um, today. The Pac-12 is about to have a huge, even more defections. Yeah. I mean, uh, ACC and such. Big, so the Big 12 is reportedly looking at adding Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. There goes the Pac. I mean, what happens to Oregon? Paul, their geography wet? makes no sense. The Big Twelve. They got UCF. They have uh, BYU's in Utah, I believe. Yeah. And then you got West Virginia up north. Um, if the ACC, you know, dismantles, they'll probably take like a Boston College or somebody. Then you have out west. I mean, they might take, like you said, Arizona. I mean, their geography—they're they're flying all over the place. It's—I mean, they're in the Midwest, they're in the West, they're in the East, they're in the South, and they're everywhere. So. At this point, like the SEC is the one conference of geography, it makes sense. If they added Clemson, they added Florida State in those schools, they're playing schools that are right near them. I mean, Georgia and Clemson is an hour drive. So it's it's nothing really. So the geography makes sense there. For these other conferences, it doesn't. Well, okay. So 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 Roddy, you're the SEC commissioner. Are you now getting on the phone and trying to expand this thing even bigger than because you're you still haven't technically brought Oklahoma and Texas in? Yes, it's official, I guess, but until they get on the field and they're in the SEC, anything could happen, I guess, right? But are you now getting on the phone and saying, "Man, I'm about to go scoop up Clemson. I'm about to go try to get Notre Dame." I mean, I don't know. Are is this now an arms race? I guess you could say with conferences. Uh, or is this just kind of a one-off weird thing with UCLA and USC? Or, or what's next? Yeah, I don't think it's a one-off because I think we're still going to see the permutations of this. Because you remember they had the alliance where these other three conferences got together and said, "Hey, we're not going to screw each other over. You know, we're all, we <laughs> yeah. need to stand together and kind of combat this evil SEC, this growing empire, because they have ridiculous TV rights and they get two teams into the playoffs. You know, and it's just not fair and yeah, that lasted. That's basically, hey, everybody, 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 put down your guns. Yeah, yeah. That can blast your asses. You know, it was right. just it was a messed up situation. <laughs> so, uh, the SEC, SEC is lined up for regional supremacy, national supremacy. But if you get some other power conferences who can get some of these gigantic TV deals, maybe you know you can't, can't get as much money. So, if you're the commissioner, you start looking at okay, what can the other conferences do? that would eat into our potential uh, TV, uh, um, TV money. And how do we counter that? I, you can add Clemson, but does that give you another market? Does that give you, no. uh, does that jump up your prices? You know, I mean, what you could no. charge to, uh, if you're the next time you go up for, you know, just, you're getting the, selling the TV rights, you know, does that do uh, another, again, every time you add you're cutting the pot, you're dividing it. Yes. Right. So it's like, hey, we went from, yeah, we'll just, we're, we're going to go from 14 to 16. No big deal. Well, let's just add 20. Well, now you've, every, instead of everybody getting a, you know, a 14th or a 16th, now you're getting a 20th. Yep. Wait a minute. Now, as the conference commissioner, you're like, hey, it's great, you know, but the, the presidents are like, hell no, we're not going to bring those guys in unless all of a sudden, you know, our TV contract goes from 100 million to 150 million. So in other words, we're still going to see a 10, 20, 30% increase in our TV revenues by adding these other teams. And you get to the point where it says, well, we'll just have two people. I've seen people saying, we'll just have two uh, conferences or three conferences. Well, if you got 20 teams in each one, I mean, if you're going to play an eight game schedule, you may not see some of these teams for years. So, I mean, how long did it take Georgia to see Texas A&M? I don't know. I still haven't been to that stadium. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a long time. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I just think it's a it's an arms race. I think it's a it's a it's not gonna look. It's gonna look weird, uh, especially. Uh, it'll be cool for the first couple of years seeing Ohio State go against USC, I guess. But after that, it's like, all right, well, now these teams are just traveling to play. I don't know. And also, I think if when you start adding, uh, expanding out the playoffs, you don't need as much. Uh, I think Coach Donna made this good point the other day when we asked him about the expanding it. He said, look, what, what's the conference going to do? The conference is going to look to see how big the playoffs are expanded. And I'm with him. I, I see a minimum an expansion to eight teams, okay? And what are you going to do in order to adjust your schedule? Are you doing pods? Are you doing divisions? Are you doing? Are you adding to the conference so that you can get more teams into the playoffs, which gets you a lot more money the more teams you get into it? You know, that's huge amounts of money coming into the uh, the SEC coffers. So and if they figure, hey, we stay at 16 and there's eight spots available, we can get three to four teams, you know, into it then we don't need to add but if all of a sudden it's hey it's only six teams it's only eight teams uh playoffs uh playoff teams and now all of a sudden you know we can't so i think that's gonna i think the playoffs is gonna have a lot a much bigger impact on this than just uh region tv markets and uh regionality Ben, any any final thoughts well, on i would say it, it might devalue the regular season because if you if you might need to expand the playoffs, but you look at the conference championship game and you look at all the regular season games. I think it might devalue the regular season. The, like the one thing I'll give the regular season of college football, every game matters so much. You can lose four games in the NFL season and still be the best team in the NFL. We've seen that time and time again. I think that takes that away because you're going to see eight teams in and you're probably going to see teams losing the regular season and they go on to beat that team in the playoff. So I think it's going to take away that. That's what Georgia did. That's yeah, what Georgia did. But I mean, they're, they're right, but there were only four teams in in the playoffs. Now we're so going to see they, like they still some did of exactly multiple matchups over and over. Yeah, so I, I will say this, Paul. I think a lot of people are talking about Notre Dame. Like I think Notre Dame's the next big domino to fall. But I'm curious to see what happens with North Carolina. I think if I'm the SEC, uh, especially in the regional footprint, outside of I think Notre Dame's such a big money maker. I I'd really want North Carolina. Because I think in Charlotte and Raleigh, I think in the TV market, they're a quality football program. I wouldn't say great, but they're a great basketball brand as well. So they're good in two sports um, to a degree. And I think that that TV market's there. I'm interested to see what happens with North Carolina because the Big Ten can make sense for them. So I just think that North Carolina is something that I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I think Miami's and Florida State, everyone's talked about. I'm interested to see what happens with the Virginia schools too because Virginia Tech – they're they're decent. They used to be pretty good at football all yeah, these years ago, and they they've never won a big time championship in any major. What Michael Vick? They were in a national championship, think, correct? Yeah, Will Dickerson named nailed it here. Yeah, Cle- me, Will I, Dickerson says Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Florida State yeah. used to get an SEC fast. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, what's I, gonna, I agree with what Ben's saying. To me, is like North Carolina. I, I mean, if I'm the my next two teams would probably be North Carolina or uh, and Miami. Again, mm-hmm. just grab, grab those two TV markets. That's nothing. Not a shot against Clemson. Clemson's a powerhouse, and you add them to the conference, and it's great. But it's, at some point, you're like, "Well, crap! If we keep adding these super strong teams, yeah, we're getting now all of a sudden they've they've all eaten each other, and nobody gets into the playoffs. You know, everybody's got a six and six record. So, but then on the on the flip side of that, I see Zinger Dog is. Or I'm going to bring Zinger Dog in in just a second. But on the flip side of that, if you're North Carolina and Miami. 
wouldn't you want to almost stay in the ACC because you could have an easier road to the playoffs? Absolutely. Screw the, so, screw the SEC. Who wants to play Alabama and Auburn every year? That's what I'm saying. So like oh, Auburn every year, though? I mean, that, that could be a cupcake. <laughs> I mean, so – but <laughs> I got a little – uh, fruit fly in here, Ben. Um, but the hell is that, yeah. Paul? <laughs> they, they spawn, you have uh, like plants and stuff, you know? What I mean? No, you I have them. them, I don't have yeah. them up here, so I think it's just <laughs> you. You smell, bro. You smell, uh, um, no, but if I'm Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Florida State, as long as the ACC doesn't implode, I'm like, look, we're cool, you know, like because if we go well, to that, SEC, that's the caveat, Paul, because if, they, if they impl- if they don't implode, then yeah, they can stay. Because you know what, what would be sad? No North Carolina and Duke anymore in college. Like that's to most people, I would say, if you take out, I'm a fan of this team, and I know a lot of fans will love Georgia, Florida, because they listen to this. But if you take that off, when you look at all collegiate sports, Duke, North Carolina, might and college basketball might hold the most weight of any rivalry, college rivalry, and that might go away. Like that is that is a sad aspect of like, we might not see like some of the greatest rivalries, you know, ever anymore. Because so, oh, I mean, we might not see USC versus Oregon. Those were some great games back in the day. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that that is that is a sad sign. Because if you don't see North Carolina and Duke anymore, I don't care that Coach K and Roy Williams are gone. That's sad to me. That that is depressing to me. Yeah, I'm gonna bring on Zinger Dog. Isn't this your boy, Ben? Yeah, everybody likes Penn. <laughs> hey, hey, brother, what's going on? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing all right. Good to see you guys. Everybody doing okay? Man, it's good to be seen. Yeah, how are you? I hear you're doing well. I I caught a good bit of the conversation, and I missed some of it. So if I repeat something y'all said, I I apologize. But I I have an opinion on. I think I've told Ben this. I think it's going to be four conferences. I think there's going to be four teams from each conference. There's going to be a sixteen team playoff, and that's where it'll be in the future. I think it'll be four huge. I think the Big Twelve and the Pac-10 and the MAC and probably Brigham Young and a few others are all – they'll all be together on the west, you know, middle middle and west, and then you'll have the rest either in the Big 12, the or excuse me, the Big 10, the ACC, or the SEC, and that'll be what it is. And the sad thing is, you know, y'all, we're talking about football. I mean, what about basketball? Are you going to miss all these small schools, or are we going to have the same large – NCAA basketball tournament that we've had in the past? Is it going yes. to change? Yeah, yeah, they can't change March yeah, Madness. They won't change that at all. No. So no. you think they'll continue, even with the massive conferences, they'll just choose what yes. eight to 10 teams from each one of those conferences and they'll yeah. continue on the same way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, th- that's the whole kind of point of March Madness, right? If it's just Power Five teams, you're like, oh, this is cool, I guess. But you have those teams. Oh, I can't think of it. I'm, I see them in my head. Who Bill is Nova? It? No, the team that went this year, Villanova's a small. Oh, you're school. talking about the Cinderellas. Um, yeah, the Cinderellas. I cannot think of the squad. See him. He went to Gulf go. Coast of the world. You know. Yeah, those right. guys. Oh, the team Florida in Pennsylvania. They were from St. Peter's. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's you don't the get school those... from Chicago that's been there a ton. Like, Loyola, the Chicago. Hundred and eleven year old lady who watches every game, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you'll I still have those automatic qualifiers, Pen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I think that too, but I mean, do they share the money? I mean, these guys don't like sharing money. Are they going to share the money with all these smaller schools in the NCAA tournament? I mean, are these schools going to be able to afford to have a basketball program if they don't get $2 million to come over and play, you know, Georgia or whoever it is every so often? I mean, you're going to have a lot of these schools possibly go away or maybe have to form their own deal, you know? Well, I, I- 
I, I, I'm going to piggyback on that zinger because I like where you're headed with that. Because if you, if you're talking about a 16 team playoff, that would be four games, right? So they're not going to expand the college football season. Cause how many games did Georgia play this year? 15? 15. Yes. 15. Yeah. 15. So that would be one, two, two more. So 17 games. There, there's that uh, Monroe education coming through for you, baby. <laughs> that would be a full NFL season, man. Like you can't do that. So you're going to have to eliminate maybe one game out of the year. And what are you going to eliminate? You're going to eliminate a cupcake, but that cupcake relies on you to help fund their program. So right. I'm kind of piggybacking off. I see what you're getting at pen and this could affect those those small schools. A, a conference championship. This could affect those those schools. I think the conference. I've been told tonight. that they will never get rid of the conference championship. It just makes way too much money. Yeah, because I'm like, hey, wh what's the point of having it? It's stupid. If you want to get more teams into the playoffs, don't knock one of them out in the uh, conference championship. Could have had but a situation where, you know, Georgia and. Auburn, they don't wind up playing each other, and they both go get, make it into the playoffs with a decent, you know, record. Instead, all of a sudden, Georgia goes and curb stomps Auburn in the uh, SEC championship. Auburn falls to whatever bowl they went to. You know, this year you had Georgia and Alabama actually both made it, but it's usually one of those teams doesn't doesn't advance past that. So get rid of that and position your teams into the SEC play or into the uh, national playoffs, uh, but. I was told no, no, that absolutely won't happen because that game makes too much money. They're required to have it. So then that tells me that the biggest you can go here, Penn, would probably be an 18 playoff because if you're going to keep the conference championships, you can't go to 16 and a conference championship. I mean, that's just that's too many games. I think uh, right. your season would ex you'd either have to start the season August one or you'd end the season. I, I hate the three week period between the championship game and the final four it makes no sense. So you can maybe put another game in there, but you'd end the season middle of January, late, early February. I don't know. I think yeah. we, do, uh, we do what they used to do. I think they're going to end up doing a 10 game in interconference play, 10 game interconference play. If right as conference championships have to be there, that's the 11th game. And then you got four games to get to 15. So you play 10. I don't see it because there's, you know wants to do 10 games in the SEC. Yeah, there's no – there's you saw no that 20, in 20, that was miserable. Right. Yeah. There's but, no – And also, you, you wouldn't get enough home games. Sorry, Paul, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But. I didn't cut you off either. It's just I don't I don't see any – I don't see Kirby. I don't see Nick Saban. I don't see any of those guys going for a 10-game SEC schedule. They're fighting nine games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I see where you're getting at, Penn, and, and it, it's, it's going to eventually come to something – uh, there's going to be a breaking point, but like Roddy I said, if they're going to if they're going to keep the SEC championship games, I think you can only go to 18 playoffs. So you go mm -hmm. to 16 is too many games. And and I don't disagree. It may be two teams. I'm just saying. I I was thinking four. I think the money will be too much eventually, and that's what they'll end up doing. And they'll give guys, they'll give these teams 95 scholarships or 100 scholarships or whatever it may oh, be. God. I mean. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's where where it'll go because you're not going to have the same – people are going to complain that they're not the same opportunities at these smaller schools to make NIL or to do whatever. So they're going to have to – I think eventually that's where it's going to head is they're going to give more opportunities to people to play. So you're going to have these huge super conferences and you're going to have, you know, the also-rans that aren't even a part of it anymore. You know, and how do they do they field these teams in other sports? 
I mean, it's going to be an interesting. I know. Look, I, I'm. I don't want it. I don't want to see it go that way. I don't think. I'm hoping that you know smarter people will figure it out or whatever. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of money in something like that, and I feel like you know it could head that way if we're not careful. I mean, we've seen it. USC and UCLA going, Texas and oh, Oklahoma going. Well, I will say this: I'm curious, regardless of what way it goes, how the divisions work out. Because people say no divisions. Well, then how do you have scheduling every year? Because you got to think if let's say. I know the media has this big, there's going to be two super conferences and you have the big 12 being a formidable conference. You have some other lesser ones. You know what I mean? Like the big 12 is kind of like that third conference, but they're so yeah. far behind. If that were to happen, how would the, if there was like 20 team conferences, how would they do divisions? Would it be like you have, you'd have to have Georgia, Florida, maybe like two other teams, maybe three other teams. You would have to have them be fixed opponents. And then you would rotate four opponents every year in the SEC. Like, how would you do that? You know, I, I just feel I like it would be too comp. And then if you did do that, how would you schedule what two teams are in the SEC title game if a bunch of teams have the same record? Like, I, I think it's really complicated to me. Well, you yeah. kind of do it like the NFL does. Yeah, I was going to say you had divisions, like like MLB, NL East, SEC East, SEC West, and SEC Central. And you kind of do it like that. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, they did, he says, what about, working off a, a pod system where they were going to have like four pods. You played everybody, four pods, you know, four teams. You played the three teams in your pod every year. Then you play one team from pod B, one team from pod C, and then everybody and maybe pod D. And then you rotated around the other pod constantly. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then they start talking about, well, all of a sudden we're going to nine games. Oh, okay. But, I mean, we talk about money. Uh, TV kind of runs everything, but Zinger, as you've seen, when you look at a town like Athens and they're only getting, you know, four or five home games a year sometimes, not four, mm-hmm. five, and other teams are getting seven home games because they're paying these directional schools to come in. I just can't see them giving that up. You know, too many people are like, no, we're not going to play 10 SEC games where – Five of them are on the road and only get five at home. We want seven home games. We want some of those to be uh, noon games against nobody's school. So I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I just, I, I, the solution. That's the only simple solution that I see is making it, you know, something like that. Because again, you're, you know, are they going to go to ten, ten teams? Um, how do you, if you're doing the pods, like you say, how do you decide who are the best two teams? When you got twenty teams competing that are playing, you know, seven or eight games, it's going to be really difficult to figure that out unless you throw more teams into the mix. You know, or are they going to let these other teams, like you're saying, do this and offer two spots to the best two non-power four or whatever you call them at that point in time? You know, in the game, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it. It's but it's it's something's coming because they're already. Yep combined i mean why in the hell would usc and ucla want to go play you know so far east i mean i, I is the money that much better Benz yeah. it is <laughs> it is it is uh, and i know they want more in you know in the the big 10 is you know there's going to be more tvs watching out west so i mean i get that too but at the same time it, i mean where is this thing going to end and how are they going to fix it you know that's that that's the perfect perfect point right there zinger is where does it end? Because we've just not, we saw it with Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and, a, Texas and Missouri, I guess you could say, technically started it, if you will. But Texas and Oklahoma started this arms race. The SEC got them. Boom. 
now randomly, this one is random as hell, UCLA and USC going to join the Big Ten. What's the next shoe, or, or is there a next shoe, or does it just stop? I don't think it just stops. And the NCAA is probably sitting there going, dear God, how do we rein this back in? With NIL going on, we've we've become a mockery in a sense. Uh, we're, we've just got schools going halfway across the country to play whoever they want. Uh, yeah, for money. So cool. TV contracts. Uh, do we have any semblance of, uh, you know, do, do we do anything here at the NCAA? I don't know. We're, we're, we're logo on there. Well, they can't. Everyone wants to rip on the NCAA, and I get it. It is an issue. But remember what pushed all this was individual states making their own laws saying that, okay, if you're a student in the state of California, you are now allowed to make money off name, image, and likeness. And the NCAA is like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, do, do, are we going to sue? Are we going to all of a sudden make all the kids that go to anybody, any school in, in the state of California ineligible because it goes, and all of a sudden, it basically, who has sway here? Then Florida did it. Then all of a sudden, everyone else did it. And you're like, wait a minute. We're trying to come up with uh, universal rules across 50 different state legislatures doing their own thing. Mm. And these legislatures working it so that their kids have an advantage to in order to attract the best players in the country. Uh, basically, someone decided, you know, why do, why the hell do we let the NCAA decide this stuff? We can decide on our own. And that always goes back to when we had the NCAA come out to speak to the, the rivals publishers and rivals reporters. Remember, Rivals is actually a NCAA certified uh, recruiting service, i.e. we follow the NCAA rules. We don't uh, cut corners. We don't recruit kids. We don't we don't work as an extension of the universities that we cover. Uh, we don't pay for kids to attend the uh, you know, we don't drive them to camps and stuff like that. We don't do any of that stuff. So we follow the rules. We're the only one that's actually certified by the NCAA for that. But when they came out and they said, People rip on us all the time, which is fine. We're used to it. But remember, what is the NCAA? Well, the NCAA is, the membership is voluntary. It, the rules are made by the presidents of these universities. And the, you'll hear the AD or the president or the coach complaining about an NCAA rule. And they're like, wait, it's it's like the Rotary Club. We, you volunteer <laughs> to be a member. You, you come to the meetings. You can put forth a, a rule club. and decide, <laughs> hey, new rule. This is what we're going to do. So if you're complaining about targeting or you're complaining about uh, eligibility or transfer portal or something like that, the people that the people that make the rules are the people in this in this room. It's all these presidents. So hey, presidents, if you don't like this rule, vote it out. Or you want a rule, vote it in. Or you don't. We don't have enough. Um, you say we don't have enough teeth, or we we enforce this rule too much. Change it. It's very simple. It's up to us to do it. So that changed my concept of the NCAA because all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is basically just an association of uh, athletic, I mean, uh, of university presidents who make the rules. So mm. that, that's now all of a sudden the legislature is like, wait, why are we letting the NCAA make the rules? We'll make the rules. So now the NCAA is like, ah, we want to do, we want to change the transfer portal and the NIL rules, but if we do that, then Connecticut's going to have a different rule, and then Florida's going to make a new rule, and then Georgia's going to make one, and then Texas is going to do – And they, I mean, they are just – their hands are tied behind their yeah. backs because it, the the lawyers have entered the chat. So it's, it's – so 
Yeah, yeah. seriously, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I really don't. I don't know how what how it'll end or who. It's going to end up in court one way or another, I'm sure. And uh, that's that's where it'll be decided, you know. Um, hopefully we'll have somebody see. We we left Roddy speechless, and he had to he had to leave the room. So <laughs> he I does that all the time. Yeah, conversation. <laughs> so, time. Some might be off at Roddy tonight. He's like, oh, nobody wants to play Auburn. I think everybody wants to play Auburn right now. At this, <laughs> right at this now, yeah. yeah. Wait, that's right now, man. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> I'm a traditional powerhouses. If you don't want to, if you join the SEC, it's like, well, let me play Georgia and Alabama and Auburn every year, Florida every year, LSU. I mean, right now, sure you want to play Auburn, and uh, we just had a pretty good. Uh, thing from dash about you know playing you know looking ahead on the schedule auburn's gonna be terrible but usually they're pretty good and i mean if you're if you're north carolina and you're like hey let's go join the sec and we get to add we get to get rid of wake forest and add georgia we get to get rid of louisville and add alabama awesome good luck yeah hey, we, we, we get 45 million dollars this year hey hey don't don't sleep on louisville they're about to get better they're, they're throwing the NIL money out there. Yeah, yeah that Papa the money. John's money's going, baby. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> good worst, worst fast food pizza chain, Papa John's. I don't think I don't think you can mention Papa John anymore. No. Papa wait, John's not, oh wait, am I am I ruining one of Roddy's sponsors? Who do I need to mention? Right, I don't need to mention Papa John. You need John's, to mention right? your pie is the best pizza out there, man. Your pie, yeah, I would. Your pie is ten times better than Papa John's. You got that right? I just, it's not even the same I just said that man. out loud. Here we go. Here we go. They said Roddy left to find the belt in the Motel 6. (laughs) (laughs) Roddy found my belt. Uh, Hey, Zinger, you might might be able to help Roddy with this. Uh, Clifton Ryle says, can you ask Bulldog Bob to join the show someday? If we only knew who he was, Clifton, that would be great. Um, It could be Eddie from Ackworth. (laughs) (laughs) I have more people ask me that question than any other question. I've I probably had I, I kid you not a hundred people on the board DM me and ask me who he is or ask me to divulge who he is and I'm like I don't know who he is and nobody believes me everybody thinks I know who he is I have no idea who he is I probably could figure it out but I don't want to know who he is to be honest with you. <laughs> Roddy's probably gotten that question ever since I've, the dog vent started I've worked, I've worked for Roddy for eight years now. And not once has he ever mentioned he's always said he doesn't know who Bulldog Bob is. So no. I've I've stuck with that and I've never asked questions. I really haven't. Um, I, I would love to know who it is though. Like, you know, when I get to my 30th work anniversary, when I retire from this place, I'm going to, you would just it. get promoted from intern to staff, you know, that would help. <laughs> I, I have seen a picture of him. I will tell you that, but that's, that's the closest I have become. <laughs> is I it a grainy picture? Of the- <laughs> I have seen a picture. Is it? Yeah, it's he's just right now. He's point. probably panicking if he's listening to this. <laughs> but I haven't seen a picture of it. Z- Zinger's going to do a reverse Google search and uh, with the image. And, and uh, what is it? The, uh, uh, the old uh, comedy, the other guys. I'm going to do a Facebook app and see if I can't yeah. figure out who the heck this guy is. Right, right. But, but uh, yeah, we uh, Clifton. If we if we knew who Bulldog Bob was, man, it wouldn't it wouldn't be nearly as fun, honestly. Um, no. I, I mean, that, I'm speaking. For me, I'm sure the same for you, Zinger. That's probably why you haven't dug into it too deep because it takes the fun out of it once you realize who it is. But no, he's a legend. Yeah, I don't want. I, he, I don't want to know. Dude, too. Is, honestly, yeah. I mean, he's he's a nice guy. He answers a lot of times when I ask him a question here or there. But I haven't talked to him much here lately. I think 
Ben talks to him more than I do now. He probably's got a better line on who he is. I'm y'all, all those DMs that are going to me, send them to Ben now. He's probably got the best line on who pulled off Bob is. Now, now you're gonna have Paul on my ass, Pen. This is not a good idea. <laughs> I have a few suspicions as to who it is. If it is who I think it is, then uh, that person does a lot for the University of Georgia. Yeah. Well, it's so, gotta be, have to be, for a long be that time. connected. Yeah, yeah. Same with same with Frank. I don't want to know who Frank is either. Oh yeah, Frank. Frank I, I think. Yeah, I think. I, I think I know who Frank is, but we'll leave that. We'll leave that for another day. I'm afraid you might end up dead and buried if you figured out who he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can you tell me who Bulldog Bob is? Like, Dude, that'd be like uh, no. I'm just gonna knock on my door tonight. Bulldog Bob didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Jeez. This show's uh, taking a turn. Yeah, we're off the rails man. right now. We got to get back <laughs> on the rails. Let's talk about conference expansion again. <laughs> yeah. no, hey, oh. of, uh, actually, I'm going to share one of our, our buddies here. Go ahead and y'all move on to the next topic there. All right. What What do you mean? Where are you going? Hmm? Which you one? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't Which know one? Is there I'm one that to... just, talk, just ask a question? No, I just needed to share uh, one of our sponsors here. Oh, Oh, there it I'm not getting off the rails. I want to mention our buddies over at uh, the Rogue Shop and some of their uh, Delta 9 gummies and their Delta 8 gummies. <laughs> so, uh, point being, they have a sale right now, 30% off anything on the Rogue Shop. So if you want any of the uh, fantastic gummies, the lollipops they make, the uh, edibles, the tinctures, the um, pain medication, the sleep products that they have, any of that stuff is 30% off on their July 4th deal. All you need is the promo code July 4. So put that in, go to the Rogue Shop, put in July 4. I'm pretty sure you can spell that. Uh, I can spell it as drunk as I am. And you will get 30% off any product on their site. So their topical pain relief, their uh, sleep aids, uh, their uh, uh, hemp flowers, you know, and then they have some THC free stuff. And remember, if you're place of work test for thc be very careful which one of these you order and they'll let yes. you know in the kind in the uh section yes. i mean in the uh, uh description whether or not you will test positive for thc if you take some of these gummies so be very careful which ones you get um they do have some th free thc free items and then they have some thc heavy items so uh but again that's our friends over at the rogue shop uh i know the guy he's a former military guy who runs that place he grows all his own stuff and he came up with a 30% off deal for July 4th, promo code July 4th. Uh, make sure if you take those gummies, take them at night once you get home, not in the morning. Hey, uh, uh, take, take a, when you get your first order, take a half one. Dear half, God. Half. Um, yeah. You uh, night, yes. Much bigger help. Yeah. Yeah, dude, don't. Don't give yeah. them to your dogs either. No. They no. do have a great... Uh, uh, tincture, it's a little dropper uh, of a CBD product that I gave to my dog. It's bacon flavored. She oh. has this uh, arthritis in her back, and normally she wants to jump onto the bed or jump onto the couch. And she's just uh, she's, she's ten years old, and she gets up and she starts whining because she can't do it. But with this tincture, first, she actually flies. She doesn't she, fly, but she she it is the anti-inflammatory and yeah. cut down on some of the pain in her back and. She was jumping a lot better. Her walks are longer, so and it's bacon flavored, so she loves it. So Ben um, would like that too. I'm like, I'm like okay, yeah, well, I, right. I, worst yeah. case, and I mean, he sent me a bottle of it to try, and I tried it, and I'm like, 
crap. The dog loves it. And I don't have to pick her ass up every time she wants to get on the couch. So right. ain't that right, Dan? She's on my, she stays under my desk all day long. So. Also, Penn, or uh, Paul, you actually have a friend in Penn here over here with the Braves. He might be a bigger, bigger Brave guy than you. Oh, yeah? 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, big, huge Braves fan. I, my, let's go, let's go yeah, I grew up with uh, I grew up with Bill Shanks. So um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> Apologies. Bill and I, Bill and I started his show back when we were eight, when I was seven or eight years old. We started his show. On, uh, Damn, he just left you in the dust. But, well, he started broadcasting games at 15. You know, I mean, he started uh, he started broadcasting high school broadcasting high school games at 15, and then. You know, he just went from there. You know, he was on the radio all through high school. Right, so, Darren Mitchell just committed to Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's before we got on the show. Yeah. I said yeah. just committed. I mean, committed yeah. earlier today. I had a little rant on that. I know y'all protected his, you know, Blaine did a good job protecting his source or whatever. But that kid went on and on for 10 minutes in a couple of interviews about how NIO meant nothing and development went something. Well, you know, the last time I was on the show, we were talking about the draft. And Texas didn't get one single player drafted. And he's talking about he's de- it's the development that he's going. I mean, I put on there Fayetteville State and Mercer had people drafted and Texas didn't. And yet he was more worried about development. This is what he was saying. So he decided he could have gone to any of the other 10 schools that offered him and would have been in a better place than Texas for development, which blows my mind. You know, just tell us what it is. Don't lie about it for 10 minutes in an interview. That's just – that's – I don't know. I, that's just my rant for the night. Here's the thing, though. If you land Jamal Jarrett, you forget about Sidney Mitchell pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's not uh, going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. No. Yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt our class. You know, from this point forward, but it it, it does. It's, come on, Ben. It does because Georgia wanted Sidney Mitchell. He was coming to Georgia until last minute, and Texas's pitch was strong, and there he's going there. And now you're also losing. Um, uh, who's a Warnock? Who's the other kid going to Miami? Uh, Antoine Jackson. Gene Wayne. Gene Wayne. No, Jane. Yeah. And then the other guy's going to LSU. Deshaun Womack. Womack, not Warnock. Womack. Mm-hmm. You see, I've been watching too many political ads. Uh, yeah. Womack's going there. <laughs> Womack's going there. And Wayne's going to Miami. I mean, you're missing out on some of these kids. And it, it's guys that Georgia wants. I, I don't disagree. You know, you'll get Jamal Jarrett. Jamal Jarrett. I, I sincerely believe that. Um, but. It would have been Georgia definitely wanted Womack and Sadir Mitchell. I, I'm yeah, I'm not saying that's not the case. I, I I hope that didn't come off that way. I I know that they wanted him. I'm just saying I don't think it will hurt that bad because there's guys out there that are you know similar to him. Yeah. That I think Very similar. Recruiting and Kirby always look. One thing he does that I appreciate more than anything is how he manages the roster every year. If we miss somebody or miss something, he will find it either in the portal or he'll go find it somewhere um, in their interim, or he'll pick up two or three the following year. I mean, we're pretty deep at D line right now. Anyway, it's going to take a little while for somebody to hit the field for any number of snaps, you know, like Walter Nolan coming back from Texas A&M. Right. I mean, look, I'm hearing that. I mean, look, no, I mean, you're hearing a lot of, that was somebody, I can't remember who said it earlier, but there's several guys that they say are already unhappy where they are. You know, yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Uh, what, but. Yeah, you don't recruit for – I mean, you recruit for this signing class, but now you have to recruit for the uh, the transfer portal. That's why uh, 
You don't you don't uh, say anything bad about kids. You don't rip them. You don't go sour grapes on them. Oh, we didn't want him anyway. No, it's uh, as we talked about last week. Yeah, Kirby's done a great job of that. D Rob. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. And Paul, the twenty five rule is gone for the next two years, I believe that they're pushing for. And if that's the case, they can go, okay, we're going into sign day. Oh, this big D lineman's entering the portal. He's higher than even some of the guys who we have committed. We would rather have like, there could be that situation that's happening. So I remember the 2018 class, people remember JV and Becton, the legend, Georgia legend there, Aaron Brule, guys like that. Like that they didn't end up with the spot because Georgia actually had guys like Bretton Cox and Cade Mays who were committed to other schools, guys you might not want to talk about now, but they ended up flipping them. They were highly rated names who they, Georgia had no chance at that summer. And then as Georgia had that great season, they flipped them. Marvin Jones was a kid. Georgia wasn't in his top list at all. Then he visited in October. Then he came back in December and he ended up signing with Georgia as a five-star. So hey, we had hey, a lot hey, of time. Then to so, your point, uh, as the season progresses, there will be changes. Georgia has a solid season like we all expect them to. I think they'll be a double-digit favorite in every game they play. Getting into the SEC championship game, you know, could be 12-0. and 0. Maybe they win that. Maybe they don't. But going into that uh, early signing day, Georgia maybe has one loss in their record. But you saw what happened when uh, right before signing day with Dalen Everett. This kid, yep. you know, all of a sudden, hey, there's coaching changes going on. Clemson's not the your defensive coordinator. Dalen Everett, I'm, guys, I, I just have a, a weird – it's probably the kiss of death because every time I get high on a guy, he doesn't do well. But I just think Dalen Everett is going to be a, a you know three-year – I don't say starter, but in three years he's off to the NFL after having, you know, been a lockdown corner at Georgia for two years. And it's, it's a guy that you think about, man, he was definitely going to Clemson until, what, five days before signing day and he flips to Georgia? Yeah. I just think that that is one of those huge stories that you just never forget. Like I remember sending Paul to go see uh, Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes out of the blue, I'm like well, maybe. And we didn't know how big it was at the time. I don't think we realized how big getting Dalen Everett was. And like to your point, Ben Marvin Jones Jr. You know, we would do the show with coach Don and <laughs> we, we joke about having that mouthwatering player of the week or something. But when he starts talking about, uh, you know, uh, Michael Williams and Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> it really has that feeling of uh, Stroud and Seymour again. You know, he's just like, I can't, believe, I can't believe we got those two guys. You know, he's just mm-hmm. on a team full of loaded players. He just starts shaking his head, and you can just see the the drool start coming down the side of his mouth. He's like, those guys are going to be monsters. And like, to your point, I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. wasn't in in it early, and he did miss with some guys at the end of that uh, cycle. You know, but sure enough, you know, in two years, you could have a Nolan Smith coming back to Georgia, you know. So it's a it, it, it Georgia is going to do well in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just Alabama is going to do well there. The The rich are going to get richer through the transfer portal and mm-hmm. through the NIL deals right now. Texas A&M kind of nailed it in that first year. But if you think Georgia is going to sit back and not, you know, and get their ass handed to them because of other teams putting together NIL deals. Hell no. Kirby went out and got one of the best guys. He went and got the barstool guy, Matt Hibbs, who's like, you know, who was a great guy. He knows NCAA compliance, so they're not going to break any rules. And he knows basically marketing. So it's going to be a uh, – they've got a great guy running the Classic City Collective, and Georgia's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with anybody when it comes to NIL deals. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think there's going to be some regulation, and that's why he's not throwing out, you know, big, big money to all these players right now as he's waiting to kind of see what what comes down. And I honestly believe I put this out on the board a few times. I think he's not throwing it around because, I mean, how are these guys going to react to some kid making, you know, five, six, seven million dollars and him spending that money while on campus while these guys are making, you know, maybe 10 grand or 15 grand in the collective? These guys going to block for him. I mean, the first sign of adversity, you got to think something bad is going to happen or the team's going to implode. I've been I, saying this. Yes. That's why I don't pay anybody on my staff. All so the point it. is, you have a guy – let's look at Ruben Owens at uh, Louisville. He's going to Louisville. People think he might make millions of dollars potentially going there. Let's say these other guys at Louisville are making nothing, and this kid hasn't stepped on campus yet. He's making millions of dollars. What do you think that's going to do in the locker room? This kid is a backup. He's not doing anything. He's worth millions, and we're worth what? Like that's going to be that could be a problem. And also, I think that could also lead to if a lot of these kids flame out, the market is going to eventually, I think, die down. I think a lot of these boosters are going to say, "Okay, we're throwing the money, and if they don't see results, you're like, we're not going to throw money on some of these kids. We're throwing money on high school guys transitioning to college ball. It's a risk." That happens in high school. I mean, you got a guy that has a nice car, and you line up across from him on the football field, you lay his ass out because you're like, I don't like the fact that you haven't got a Dodge Charger. <laughs> you mm-hmm. yeah, no, dad yelled at me in third grade Little League, you know. And, and now <laughs> you're not putting now, now they're not pulling up in now they're not pulling up in Dodge Chargers, they're pulling up in like Maseratis and Ferraris on campus now. Uh, one kid was promised a G Wagon. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say the same thing, Paul. I literally was about to say, I said they're going to really enjoy somebody pulling up in a Maserati while they pull up in a Ford Focus, right? You know, like, like <laughs> Ford Focus. You know, yeah, you, you get out. Hey, let's make fun of though. Yeah, you, you got to pour a cup. You, you you keep a special racetrack cup that you can pour water into the radiator when you get out, and this kid's getting out in his Ferrari next to you, and then you got to go block for his ass, and he wants to give you lip when you get back to the huddle, dog. Right, I'm missing that next block. <laughs> Whoops, leave that. <laughs> like, how did he, he get back there? Where'd he come he, from? I don't he's know. really fast. <laughs> I tried to put my hands on him. I tried. You're like he's the he's the walk on defensive end. I don't know. Today's his day. Today's his day. He's having a good day today. Story to watch. I think Texas Texas A&M is going to be fun to watch because I think you're going to see a lot of that happen. The minute they have their first loss, the minute something happens, you'll start to see that thing tear apart. And that's what what Roddy was saying with with uh, uh, Walter Nolan or, and, you know, the Shaw kid. And I mean, how many defense, they can't play all those defensive linemen at one time, you know, where the, the, uh, there's somebody coming back, two or three coming back. And I bet you the DB from Bainbridge is probably wishing he hadn't gone over there right now too. I bet. Oh, smoke. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see oh. smoke again, probably. Uh, you know, I mean, I, they signed 70 linemen, by the way, in that class. Like when you look at it, like five of their top, like six players are D linemen. So when you look at it from that perspective, you're like they're very position heavy as well, which makes me think that class. When you look at Georgia, outside of I know receiver the last two years, they've been very good at recruiting every position as a whole. They've been right. really good position by position and really position heavy. And the points aren't dictated by the positions. It's dictated by just the players individually. So that's one thing to look at with AM is they're really heavy at like one or two positions where others are kind of weaker. So that's one thing people aren't really talking about much. By like the Georgia way. with O-linemen? Uh, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, not anymore. Is that what's, what? What is that? What the deal is now? People are not going to recruit. Him. I don't know. I don't know, Zinger. Maybe a different show for a different time. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, I think CJ Shanahan, y'all be y'all be excited. Oh, Searles. Searles is the question. I don't know. Is that that how you say his last name? Searles. I I think so. Right, Searles. Spelling it is the problem. If you've ever tried to spell it, it's the most misspelled uh, (laughs) staff name ever. I think. (laughs) But no, I I don't. I don't want to hear about misspelled names. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets mine right. That's okay. We've gone an hour. You guys want to keep going or you want to shut this thing off? Well, I'm a little drunk, so I need to go. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, Zinger, Pin, man, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, always have good a- to talk to you guys, man. I, and I, I really appreciate y'all having me on. It's always a pleasure. Hey, I, I appreciate it, Pin. It means a lot to me. Get to talk to Ben, mm-hmm. and it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you, uh, Paul. I, I, uh, I told you I would not mention anything this time, so I'm just going to walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all have a good night, guys. Thank you all. All right, buddy. All All right. right. See you, man. All right, guys. Well, we are going to go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up, guys. Uh, We have gone a full hour. Talked a little bit about Georgia. Talked a lot about conference realignment, NIL. Uh, Roddy, we've got what? How many more days until summer practice? Until until practice? One month. One month, and the and the players are back home right now. Uh, they, yeah, the they're players, allowed to go back home. The right players now. are off the eleventh. Yeah, so uh, or the sixth or the eleventh. Probably the sixth would be my guess. Uh, but just cross your fingers, guys. Yeah, I'm probably getting the players confused with uh, Dash. Dash comes back on the eleventh. So. Yeah. So so cross your fingers, guys. You've got three more days for uh, all your Georgia football players to get back without any arrest. Uh, and the, the, you, you got to get back through ACCPD too. You got to get back through, through the hometown guys. Uh, on and the just, way back, if you didn't see the guy make the brownies, yeah, don't, don't eat, eat the brownies. That's that's my eat. warning for spring break every year. I'm going back to what was that Bakari Rambo back in the yeah. day. Yeah, but so you can tell I'm, I'm old. But just say don't eat the brownies unless you saw the guys make them. Especially Shoot, I, don't eat, I don't eat them unless I see the guy make them now, too, because you never know, man. You never know these days. <laughs> and if you need to get bombed like that, go okay. the Rogue Shop, July Paul's 4th. Late brownies. Yeah. Late night, Paul. Hey, we don't we don't want to give it away. Uh, Will says, love the great show, guys. Roddy's bombed. Yeah, man, as always, I'm not man. He, he's not, no, Roddy's good, man. I'm telling you, I've seen Roddy bomb before. This is, this is fine. You're going to be bombed good. in about two weeks, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be going. Uh, we'll be going down to New Orleans. Ben decided to not go with us. So uh, Ben was invited. Uh, I will. You know what, Paul? You want to promise for me to go to this uh, next year, no, no matter the circumstances. You want to promise? I don't, I don't. Ben, let's just promise that you're still on the staff next year, bud. Let's get that done <laughs> right. first, and then we'll be alive. Uh, I'll, I'll promise to be alive, hopefully. <laughs> but no, uh, Drunkle Roddy. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it's like. It, it is Brett to be to be honest with you. Uh, it's like your, it's like your cool uncle that uh, he slips you, you know, a Lucy and lets you go at it, uh, or you know, doesn't tell you if there's lotion in the shower or if it's body wash, and you get out either way, and no, get it done. Dude, that's completely on you. <laughs> it won't, it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we appreciate it so much. This is the UGA Sports Call-In Show presented by UGA Sports. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that sub button on this channel. Hit the like button on the video, guys. We're going to try to outdo Roddy, Coach, and Dane on the likes this time. And if you missed any of it, 
If we missed any of the show, it'll be up on the podcast later for tomorrow when you're driving back home from your in-laws. After a long weekend, you can listen to us on your way back home. Guys, we appreciate it so much for riding the Bolsey. Ben Bachman, I'm Paul Meharry. We'll see you guys next time. And uh, I got to find this outro. I should have found it before then. All right, guys, we'll see you.